Welcome to the Real Deal Podcast. I am Maddie Marshall, and this hour and a half ish of entertainment is brought to you by Planet Eclipse, uh, one of their factory uh, teams, and is San Antonio X Factor. And I am incredibly excited to have Scott Kemp, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, played with him for a decent amount of time, and then have been following his career. He's got a great success story and uh, on many levels, both in the fitness world and also in the paintball world. So, you know, it, this is going to be about, you know, his story is going to be about right now what's happening on the eve of the West Coast Open. His team, San Antonio X Factor, they got their backs against the wall. They're defending world champs, but they got knocked down to the challengers division. So they're fighting for their lives. Uh, this podcast is also brought to you by PB Nation and, of course, Empire Paintball. So welcome. I'm Matty Marshall. And uh, like I was just saying, I got Scott Kemp here. So, Scotty, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Maddie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. So, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to, there's numerous reasons I wanted to talk to you, but you have a very interesting story that has gone on now for, for a while. You know, you've been on some huge teams. You've had quite the roller coaster of a career. Um, and currently where you sit right now, heading into the West Coast Open, is a relatively perilous situation for X Factor. Um, so I definitely want to touch base on how the team's feeling right now, what it felt like to win. Because, you know, you, you did a podcast with us. Uh, I think we had Brandon Short on there, a couple of the people. So we got to listen a little bit to your story before. Um, but, you know, you guys are you're in a very interesting mental situation right now. And and to me, that's what paintball is all about. You know, paintball is all about overcoming obstacles. It's all, about, you know, people are like, oh, you know, Fight Club this. And have you seen the movie The Purge? Like, dude, there is a real life Fight Club and that, that Purge exists. You want to exercise the demon from your soul? Play competitive paintball. You want a Fight Club? Get on a team. You know, like that. It, that is a no joke reality. Uh, I believe that with my core. And that's why I do what I do, you know, because it is a very interesting thing. And you've been in this game for a long time now, dude. Yeah. Um, been playing professionally for 10 years. So. That's a long time. Yeah. And, uh, and you came up in Southern California mm -hmm. and you know, that's not an easy, I mean, in a lot of people are like, Oh, you're from, you're from San Diego, you're from LA. Cause you're from LA. Yeah. And Oh, it's so awesome that you had the opportunity. And yes, that's very true. You definitely had an opportunity to play against and with some really great players early on in your career. But at the same time that it's, that you get the, the, the ability to, to grind with and have the chance to get on if you're really good, uh, awesome teams. But, it, you know, there's a lot of guys out here. There's a lot of competition. Yeah, there's a lot of competition at the same time because every kid that wants to have, that has yeah. that dream, has that ability if they persevere and can fight through those challenges. Right, right. So... So, um, okay. So, and then also, and this is another thing is that Scott, you know, so Scotty is, uh, is quite because become the fitness master. And, uh, so currently your, your occupation is actually physical professional paintball player, but also physical trainer. Yeah. Um, I did mean, you, did you see yourself doing that when you were younger? <laughs> Honestly? No. I mean, I didn't know what I was going to do when you're younger. Um, you know, I was one of those kids growing up through middle school, high school, just going through the motions of getting my education because my parents told me how to do it. And, um, not really knowing what my career is going to be, but, um, to tell you the truth, I, I mean, I essentially got into fitness through paintball. Because, really? Yeah. Because when I first started playing paintball, um, competitively, I was, you know, early teenager. And then when I became pro, um, when I first joined the Ironman in 04, that was my senior year of high school. I was 18 years old. And that's the first time I actually got a gym membership and started working out not because I cared of how I looked, but I wanted to be better on the field and train for performance. I wanted to 
you know, work on my speed, my endurance and all that. Well, you were so. a little, you were a little bit of a chunky kid. <laughs> yeah, back. You, know? And, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have the best genetics. So hold on for a second, but you know, <laughs> no, I just, cause I, I, I mean, you know, cause that was the year that we started excessive. Yeah. So when exactly. the, all, when the Ironman picked up all these new kids, I was all, you know, cause I'm always, I grew up idolizing the Ironman, always wanted to be on that team. And then when I finally got on the team and it, it, that team will always mean a lot to me ever, yeah. forever. Uh, and so when all the, these new kids got on the Ironman, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, who are these new, who are these new guys they got? Yeah. And, uh, and I remember you're walking around with your shirt off yeah. and I was like, Oh, who's that kid? He's tan. I was a little husky. I would never you were say not fat. fat. You fat. You were never no. fat. So let's get one thing straight. <laughs> I was a little husky, but, um, to be honest, I was, I was working out. I just didn't know exactly what I was doing. I didn't know my diet properly. Um, I was going through the motions just in order to, you know, increase my game on the field. And that's really what opened the doors and the floodgates to my fitness career. Yeah, but that was long ago because you didn't really be, I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, so you're 18, right? When you first got on the Ironman. Yeah. How did you get on the Ironman back then in in 04? Um, So it basically started. Because you started with the HK kids, right? Right. So playing at SC Village with uh, HK, HK Army, which was hostile kids, which was a lot of people don't know the story, yep. but it's, um, it's it was the kids team of a team called Hostile Takeover. So Hostile Takeover, you know, saw this young talent at the field and said, hey, do you guys want to be our kids team? We'll also brief pause button on this story. I love this story. It's a great story mm-hmm. because it's another, I just, I love success stories in general, but I think it's ironic that, uh, that the guy that used to run Hostile Takeover, because when I was coming up, mm-hmm. I played against them in a lot of like amateur tournaments in uh, Southern California. Yeah. When I first got started. And the dude that ran that team was like a born again Christian and was always trying to like, you know, convert people. Really? And then HK ended up being the like the fun party. Let's have a great time. <laughs> hey, we're playing paintball. Let's just have a good time type thing. You know? Yeah, that's funny. I think I it's did. ironic. Yeah, that is very ironic. But anyways, so um, they had their team, um, Hostile Takeover, and we were Hostile Kids. And this is when 10 Man was still around. We were playing in the Pan Am circuit um, all over for uh, Southern California or actually it was all over the West coast. Really. They did Northern California as well. Um, going all over. And, um, so we were at SC village every weekend and that was our grind spot. You know, that was our home court. Um, seeing dynasty out there, avalanche came out a few times. Um, just seeing a lot of the pro teams come up. Ironman. Um, so that was, yeah, that was basically my stepping stone because Ironman had a rebuild. Um, and it was basically tryouts, uh, somewhat of an open tryout, but it was kind of word to mouth of like invitation. They had a really big group of people. There was... I'm actually interested in this because I've never heard this story about because we all you know I was on the Ironman for six uh-huh. years and then we left to form Excessive, a big chunk of the team. Right. Some core members stayed behind: Billy Wing, Eric right. Roberts, Catfish. So Zizek Barrow, he was on the Ironman the year before. He got picked up by them, and he was probably the youngest player on their team at the time that stuck around. I remember. And he was friends with all of the hostel kids, myself and everybody else on the team, um, as well as a lot of other guys at SC Village. So he asked us if we wanted to come try out. Um, myself, Brandon Short, who I didn't know at the time, but he kind of knew him. He, so he was that that bridge between everybody. So you knew Brandon. I didn't know Brandon. Oh, you didn't know Brandon. I didn't know Brandon until Because you guys are best. Out. I mean, you've been best friends for a long time. Yeah. So we, I didn't really know him until we, we were getting on the team together. Because um, he wasn't on Hostel Kids. He was on a team called SoCal Kids, which they kind of copied our style a lot, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, so that was 
Yeah, they had a big tryout of, I mean, I want to say 30 people, and it went, um, you know, they're basically chopping it down after Saturday. They eliminated it down to 10 or whatever and whatnot, and they ended up picking up about um, five or six of us. It was, I remember it was myself, um, Jules Foote, Paul Caddick, Brandon Short, um, and a couple other people. But yeah, we were basically, that was my that was my first pro team and that's when I got on the Ironman. So I, I guess I did all right at the tryouts and I made the cut. So what was your mentality? I mean, I know it was long ago, so yeah. we're talking about 10 years ago, but, um, which also means you qualify for your gold patch now, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Wow. Remember, yeah. remember we did oh, the, yeah. the patches gold patch, by the way, we, me and rusty glaze invented this patch system. Cause everyone was calling themselves. Oh, I'm a pro paintball player. Gold patch means you've had 10 years pro You've won a, won a tournament and you've won a world title and yeah. you qualify for all those. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So Rusty, if you're listening, give me my patch, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I have the silver one because the silver one is well, if you have been pro for, I want to say, was it three years? Three years. Three years and you've won a pro event. Exactly. So I have the silver. I got that one a while ago. But yeah, Rusty, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll text you my address. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? It was for we were, actually no, we didn't have a a, a ten year one. We were gonna create a gold star. We were gonna create a a, a gold patch, so it says mm-hmm. pro on it. And you'll notice this if you're listening. There's a couple guys. Grayson Goff has a silver one. We need to get him a gold one now. Uh, I think this is his ten or you know because it's for the gold one. It was for the silver one. It was three years pro, mm-hmm. and you've won a pro tournament. Uh, and a legit pro tournament, not like, oh, we went to Eastern Europe and yeah, it was yeah, pro. Yeah. No, like you had to win a, a legit, big, huge pro tournament where everybody was there and everyone saw yeah. you win. So it's legit. And then, uh, so yeah, pro was silver. Silver was um, pro for three years and a win. Gold was five years pro and a championship and a win. Yeah. Because, you know, you can't count a championship if you didn't win a tournament that year. That was our thinking mm-hmm. at least. But anyway, so, so yeah, so it's, uh, it's, what was your mindset going into that tryout? Because you never know, man. A lot of guys out there want to continue to elevate their game. And, uh, and regardless of, it doesn't matter whether you're trying out for your local team or, you know, or the best pro team on the planet, the mentality should be the same. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, you know, it wasn't, I didn't feel like, honestly, I didn't feel like as much pressure as I as I would at a, a tournament, to be honest, I just went in there like, Hey, I'm going to give it my all, you know, at this practice and, um, see where it goes. And if I don't make the team, it's not the end of my career. Um, you know, I'll probably still just play with the hostel kids and eventually go pro with them or another team. You know, you're, you're still so young. You're not thinking, you know, it's, it's all or nothing. Um, so I, yeah, I basically, I just went out there and I, I just played the best I could played aggressive. I was playing the snake. I was front guy. I, was, I remember running that thing off the break a lot. Um, and yeah, just went in there loose and, and you made it, made it. Yeah. And then, so, so you, so, and then you were on the Ironman for a long time. Well, oh no, I'm sorry. You went on the Ironman. Then you came to us on excessive. Well, right? actually stepping back a second. So <laughs> we went. From Ironman, so at the time, Legacy was a team. You played for Legacy? For one year. So what happened was um, Legacy was also a team that was building. They actually just stepped into the pro division, Mm -hmm. and they picked apart a bunch of the hostel kids as well. Um, So now you have 
you know, all of our friends that we started playing with and were split up in two teams. Um, both teams did pretty poorly that year. Both Iron Man and Legacy did pretty poor in 04. And in 05, um, Legacy came after us, myself, Brandon Short, um, to come join their team, as well as Alex Hong, uh, GOAT, and um, his brother, Anson Hong. So a, a bunch of people, the, the Crescent Brothers, a bunch of the Hustle kids, we basically we were talking about it and saying, yeah, let's uh, let's all join together. So basically, this is the Hostel kids plus a bunch of other kids that we grew up with at SC Village. And now we're in the pro division with full sponsorships. So it was kind of like our team again. Yeah. And, and uh, slightly a dream come true because everyone, right. everyone wants to play pro with their homies. Right. With it, with the ride pay for. So this is 2005. And now this is my second year pro. And. We had great talent. We had great talent with zero leadership, and it's it was rough. Um, I mean, we could beat anybody out there. We did beat, you know, we beat Strange in our second event. Our first event going in, we played the Russians, and they beat us by one point. Like, we weren't we weren't horrible. Um, we did get blown out a lot though, and we lost majority of our matches. And it's honestly, we just did not have structure. We were just such raw talent unorganized we needed a mix of leadership with that raw talent in order to have some guidance and we didn't really have it there. and having been through that experience now would you say to anyone out there listening that it's it's fundamentally important to have uh, a figurehead to have a leader to have people that you will that, that hold you accountable uh, absolutely and i would also say you know if we did stick around and fought through it that that team would be a real nasty team um you know a couple years down the road like it wouldn't have taken long um but we we were young and we didn't have patience and the team just kind of broke up i mean you know you look at you look at damage where they started out um they didn't you know they're all young raw talent and they're kind of getting their butts kicked for a little bit and then now they're one of the top pro teams out there and they all stuck around, you know, most of the core guys. So it's, it's a similar thing, but one year in we, we all broke up again, but it's almost to me, that is almost like a law of success. Yeah. You know, if you don't, you can be as talented as possible. Obviously, you know, like we were talking about, Oh, you know, you're a little bit of a Husky kid, but there was some sort of talent in there for your body to get in shape. And I know that anybody can get in shape, but it's like, you know, and then, I mean, even taking it to the book you just wrote roadmap to getting shredded, it's one of those things where if you don't, if you're, whether it's paintball, fitness, don't care what it is. If you don't have some sort of, uh, of application of, uh, of a system, mm -hmm. you're going to struggle a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, especially because this was X-Ball at the time. And this is when X-Ball was fairly new and it's, I want to say second or third year. Um, so it's a fast paced game and, and the matches were what was the time on them? I, I want 20 minutes, say, 20 minute halves, 20 minute halves. So it's like, yeah, uncapped ramp that much. <laughs> and you need that much more structure mm -hmm. to come up with these game plans. You know, it's not a race to seven where these games are quick. These games are long drawn out um, on legacy. We had three lines and they were actually colored. It, it was uh, red, blue, black line. And so, so we 15, were running for 15. Strong. We had 17, 17 or 18 players. Um, and each line had five to six players on each line. 
That's crazy. Because I know I'm weak. And you are getting a lot of game time still. Yeah. And you're circling through three lines. Now you run one or two lines. Like, it's so different. Yeah, it is. It's just, a, it, well, because, I mean, think about, you know, I mean, plane flights back then and plane flights now, every, yeah. everything. It's it just, it's so expensive to take 17 dudes to yeah. a tournament. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, think of the hotel, the car rentals, everything. Yeah. I remember, do I remember when we were on, you know, same thing with the Ironman, we had three lines mm -hmm. and you had, you know, three rental vans, um, support staff to, to take care of. I mean, there's just, it was, it was a tough thing to do, but, but that's what, that's where the game was at yeah. that time. You know, X ball had just been invented in 2003. 2003 was the first year that the, the, um, you know, you could almost say not the modern age of paintball. I would say the modern age of paintball started around 2000 when airball really started to take precedence. Yeah. Uh, but you know, a couple of years later, then you had the advent of X ball and that's when things really kind of became, um, closer to what we see today. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and back then I'm, I'm assuming, you know, did, you didn't really have any aspirations. Well, I'm sure you did, but uh, I mean, did you think you were going to make this your profession? Was it just something you're doing for fun an adventure? What was your, your motivation? Just wanted to be the, the wanted to be one of the best. Um, I just love the sport. I loved it. Um, I saw the potential that the sport had. Well, what, what is it about the sport that you love? It's cause this is one of my favorite topics. I mean, I, it's so, so hard to put your finger things, on. There's so many different things. I can't just say one thing, but obviously the game playing it. I mean, when I first picked up a paintball gun, I was 12 years old at my buddy's birthday party and we had a blast. And the second I played my first match, I was like, this was the most fun I've ever had. Yep. I need to get a paintball gun. I was 12 years old. My parents are like, not a chance. Nope. You're not getting <laughs> a gun. And I was like, please, please. It's safe. You know, they have fields. It's all regulated begging them. Nope. 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 A uh, couple months later, my friend's older brother sold me a, a used paintball gun. It was a Raptor. I don't even know if you've heard of Raptor. I've heard of a Raptor. Absolutely. I bought that thing for like $30 or something. It was like a used Raptor. He gave me the, the gun and like mask and I brought it home and my mom freaked out. You are not keeping this. And I was like, please. It's like bringing a puppy home. You know, you're like, <laughs> but look at it. It's so cute. <laughs> and, um, they finally caved in and they're like, as long, you know, be careful with it. And when you only use it at the field, don't shoot, you know, the squirrels and stuff. Don't go with your buddies driving <laughs> down the street, shooting exactly. random pedestrians. So, yeah. Um, so we started playing and I just, I loved it at going out, um, as much as we could on the weekends, our parents would drive us out. My dad would take us a lot or my, my buddy's parents would take us and we'd either have rentals, um, or whatever we can get. I'd have my Raptor and we'd go play huge walk-ons and at SC just, village. No. Um, Close Encounters. Because you're from the valley. I was from the valley, and yeah. it was a big field called Close Encounters. But just the being on the field, just playing that that game, it was just so much fun. You know, um, I don't know. Just, you're just so in the zone, and and it just takes away everything. You know, you're not stressed out about anything, and you're just only thinking about that and how much fun you're having. But besides the amount of fun that the game is, and besides the competitive level that the, you know, the pro level is at. Um, it's also the experience of being with your friends and traveling the world. And that's a huge thing that, you know, I've been blessed with and I'm so grateful for um, that this sport has given me, you know, filled up my passport at the age of 23, 24, while still 
balancing school and college and graduating and um and you're 28 now yeah just turned 28 um happy birthday thank you so you know being able to do that just that's experiences that you know do not come around you know my, my friends and family and whoever that i talk about you know where have you been last so where are you going next you know they envy it they're like oh you're so lucky you get to do that and i get to do it with my friends who I love and doing the sport that I love. So it's that. And it's those experiences that really make all of it, you know, so amazing. Well, I I think that, you know, when you kind of break that down, when you break down the, what the fun is, Mm -hmm. when you break down what the, what that, the travel madness, that adventure is, is that, you know, we, we weren't built, human beings were not built to live in these bullshit boxes that we exist in. You know, we weren't, we weren't, we, we were not built for that. We were built for, you know, overcoming struggles. We were built for, oh, what's on the other side of that mountain? We were built for that sort of thing. And yeah. I think that that's what the paintball, and this is a common topic here on the podcast. I always like to, to ask people why they play the game. Because mm-hmm. to me, the why, that is the most important yeah. thing. And I think that, you know, that if you, you know, so if there's any parents out there that are like, oh, I don't know if I want to let my kid, absolutely, you should let your kid play the game. And you should let yeah. them travel around because, you know, you're, you, it's, it's so fundamentally important to, uh, to you learning about yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's, and that's kind of one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the podcast is that because you have been through those, those valleys physically, mentally on different teams, winning, losing, um, paintball definitely teaches you how to lose. Mm-hmm. And, it, and because, you know, when you go to a tournament, I'm okay. So there's a pro tournament, right? Right now you go to the PSP. So at the West coast open in the champions division, there's 10 teams in the challenger division. There's 10 teams. Two teams will win out of 20. Yeah. It's one from each division. Everyone else loses. So 18 teams lose. And and that's more often than not, you're going to be losing. So you have to struggle through getting better. And it was interesting because um, I can't remember the name, but I was listening to a TED Talk the other day. And uh, this woman was talking about the magic of the near win and how when they went and studied Olympic uh, medalists, that people that had taken bronze medals, that had won bronze medals, and people that had won silver medals, there was a marked difference between how they, what they did after that. And the people that had taken third, mentally they were like just so happy that they didn't take fourth, but those people did not train as hard and, and were as focused as the people that took second. And, and if you think about it on the Olympic scale, I mean, that's a really close, I mean, sometimes you're talking about thousands of a second yeah. of between a, a silver and a bronze, but across the board, pretty much the, the people that took second, that, that, that magic of a near win. And, um, and, and it's, it's one of those things that it's, and, and paintball really teaches you how to deal with that mental struggle of not winning. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I've lost way more times than I've won. That's for sure. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Every other pro player out there I know has done the same. Um, yeah, but you've won enough to understand the magic of winning. Yeah, too. absolutely. And, you know, in those moments of victory is when you, you really feel that all that hard work and struggle is paid off. So let's jump ahead real quick and talk about a victory that you had very recently, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, you play for San Antonio X Factor. San Antonio X Factor, you guys are defending world PSP world champions. That's the hardest event to win in the world. Um, you know, there's tons of paintball leagues. There's, you know, tons of places you can play, but the biggest gigantic achievement that you can ever get in the paintball universe is to win the PSP world yeah. cup. It always brings the most talent. You, you guys did that last year. 
and in a dramatic fashion, come from behind victory against Edmonton Impact in yeah. the finals. It was awesome to watch. So you've been to the top of that mountain, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, let's. So let's let's. I just want to. How did that feel? You know, because it was a rough year for you guys last year. I mean, it was it was one of those things that it was you know, and then also yeah, I mean, touching we were on there. You were I there, mean, but you were mid level bosses. We you were know? we were nipping away, and it was everything was so close. You know, um, talent wise, we were there. You know. And the team, and you proved that when you went yeah, to World Cup and, and won. You know, like I, I mean, I wasn't surprised that we pulled out a World Cup victory. I, I mean, we we could have won more events that year, honestly, if a few more things went our way. Um, but the talent was there; everyone was gelling right. Um, the coaching was on point. So, I mean, it wasn't. You know, I didn't. I didn't feel like it wasn't something that couldn't be. Couldn't be done. And oh, I'm not saying it was surprising. Yeah, it wasn't surprising at all, um, especially with the talent level that X Factor has on the team. But you guys had underperformed that year, mm-hmm. and then you go into World Cup and uh, skate in um, because that's the tough thing right now. Is that it's so? I mean, it, it when you look at the team, like for instance, right now heading into the West Coast Open, mm-hmm. you have AfterShock, Infamous, and San Antonio X Factor all stuck in the Challengers Division. And that speaks to the strength of the competition now because there aren't a lot of there's there's some really good strong teams out there. So those are really difficult. Uh, so it wasn't that you guys played bad all year long. It was that you looked at the roster and you're like, okay, X Factor could win tournaments. You guys weren't winning tournaments, and then you go to World Cup and win the biggest tournament that you yeah. could win, which was uh, you know a fulfilling of a dream. Um, definitely, absolutely, yeah. It was the first of uh, X Factor franchise World Cup win. So that was, you know, huge for the team as well. Alex Martinez, the owner of the team. Well, and that's that's another thing too, is that, you know, another ongoing theme in, in the podcast is kind of paying homage to the paintball patrons of the world. X Factor definitely has a paintball patron behind the scenes yeah and not even behind the scenes he's, he's in front of the scenes too oh, but alex martinez he's is and he's, he's, he's and he's the, well, he's the oldest guy in the league and he's shooting people yeah and that's the cool <laughs> thing though is that is that again you know the paintball gun is the the gun is the great equalizer yeah. it doesn't matter how i mean yes it does help to be if you're gonna play a snake if you're five foot one really fat rocket fast yeah. and uh you know that's definitely gonna help you out but you know, when you played for us on excessive in the snake and when you, you know, you weren't five foot one and, mm-hmm. you know, ultra fast. I mean, you were, I mean, what are you, you're five, eight, you know, yeah, five, five, nine, five, eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Alex, well, you're, you're getting is... that thickness, you know, now. So it kind of helps out on the high thing. Alex, Alex is a really good player. And, and to be honest, the, the only thing that is slowing him down right now is just his age and he's got back issues. Yeah, He's got and, back issues. And if it wasn't for his back issues, um, well, he's you been know, playing sports his whole life. Yeah, you he know, played semi-pro baseball when he was young. Yeah, he's and he's losing cartilage in between the vertebrae. So well, he's forty-six years old now, man. Yeah, that, I mean, how amazing taking, is that? Like you're you're good enough to body. play. You're good enough to but play pro at forty-six. That brain in a you know in a nice sixteen-year-old fresh body ready to run the snake. I mean that would, that would be the ultimate killing machine right there. Yeah, and he's still got a nasty shot too. He'll shoot you off the break. He smokes us all the time in practice. So. Well, well, that's one of the things is that not because we did a podcast with uh, Travis Lemansky, and you know Travis Lemansky is not the smallest, fastest guy out there either. Yeah. But when I was talking to him about the same situation, because you know there's a lot of guys out there listening that you know they're not five one and mm-hmm. blazing fast. They're bigger dudes. Yeah. And but bigger dudes can still play the game, and it it, it just 
It's about working on your deficiencies and, and making your strengths, uh, making your weaknesses your strength, but also understanding what you're good at. And that, that's the thing with Travis and and the thing with Alex is that, you know, or Yosh Rao or Dave Baines yeah. or Mike Paxton, you know, these are not, oh, they're not small, fast guys. These are bigger, slower that's, dudes, yeah, but they're so good at gunfighting. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I, I, I've been teaching a lot of clinics lately. And the one thing that I stress on um, bigger people or slower um, is to live behind their gun and focus on their shot and and i run them through a lot of drills and i'm and i always engrave in their head don't don't worry if you get shot don't worry if you get shot you know run and shoot to the corners run and shoot to the corner especially in practice and they're trying to run so fast and i'm like slow down if you get shot doesn't matter it's just a drill focus on shooting the opponent because if you shoot the opponent he's dead and okay that's huge or if you get close to him he's gonna flinch and it's gonna throw off his shot so that's how a lot of those bigger guys do get it around. That's, you know, Dave Baines, one of the top players right now and who's been one of the top players for, for years. Since you came into the league. He's he's a huge target, but he yeah. gets all over the field and he makes his spots and he's got a nasty shot and he lives behind his gun. So, you know, it doesn't matter how slow you're moving. If you make your opponent flinch or shoot them, you're going to get into your spot. So it's like living... You know, behind your gun. There's a uh, there's the webcast drinking game, <laughs> uh, and one of the one of the things that makes you drink is is when uh, one of the commentators says that's why you pay Dave Baines. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, but gosh. but we say that for a reason. You yeah. know, there's a there is a reason that a guy who's like six four, two hundred and forty uh, pounds, has been a top level pro player and won championships on so many different oh, teams. Yeah. If I was Dave Baines size, I would be horrible at paintball. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but and but that but again, it, it just goes to show you. I mean, your ability to work yourself into a physical specimen, Day Bain's ability to play the game at its highest level for over ten years now. You know, guys like Alex Martinez able to play pro at forty six. You know, these are lessons to be learned, and then yeah. it doesn't really matter. And you do you deal with this a lot in your in the fitness world because you know you're a personal trainer, so mm-hmm. you're you are, have clients all the time that. I mean, I'm sure you have all shapes and sizes yeah. as clients. Is that something that you try to ingrain in their minds as well, too? Um, well, yeah. I mean, of course, I all my clients are different, you know, male, female, young, old. And the way I train them is always going to be different. And it's tailored to them. You know, for example, a lot of people I deal with have injuries. So we're going to have to work around that injury. And that's they couldn't go the same way with paintball as well. You know, um, you got to. <laughs> You got a stiff knee and you can't get nice and tight and low in the snake. You're probably not going to be playing the snake. So you're probably going to have to play on the Dorito side or, you know, up the middle or something else where you can be on your feet a little more, more mobile. So find what you can really work with. Is it kind of also a little bit of, of, of the mixture? uh, And this might have to do, and this has got to be like a coach or a trainer. That's kind of where the art comes into it is that yes, relatively speaking anything's possible mm-hmm. if you know like like we were just talking about you lots of cool things can happen but at the same time you have to kind of deal with reality uh like for instance i remember i um daryl trent who runs uh lux and used to old school ironman legendary ironman uh he brought i think his name is michael brockens to a tournament once nfl lineman and this yeah. dude is massive i mean he's the definition of massive and, uh, and so he introduced me to him and I started talking to him super unbelievably, just super nice guy, great guy. 
And but Daryl was laughing because he's like he's like tell Maddie what position you want to play in this huge gig. I mean this guy's hands were like the size of my head and he's <laughs> and he's like oh, I really want to play the snake and I was like and I and and I think Spica Kyle Spica was around was there at the time and uh, and I start laughing and I, lo- I I look at this monster and I look at Kyle Spica and I go to the I go to Brockens I'm like hey man you see this guy right here that's what a snake player looks like you you need to watch Mike Paxton Dave Baines and Yosh Rao play the game and emulate what they do yeah you know so but you so you have to kind of deal with yeah, reality at the same time absolutely you know um deal with the hand that's given to you and work on what you can and build those into your strengths you know so, how do you do that as a as a trainer um i mean it, it all depends on the client's goal you know so i mean it, it varies so much is their goal performance is their goal weight loss is their goal weight gain well, like for instance, remember when Joey Blue, Joey Blute's actually Joey Blute, the manager of Tampa Bay Damage, is in pretty good shape right now. Yeah. he's been doing CrossFit. He's, he looks good. I, ha- but, I helped him out for a little bit. But that, but that was, but I remember you told me a funny story about Joey when he he was trying to win some weight loss competition. Oh yeah, yeah, remember? <laughs> and and uh, and at the time I think he, he got w- like second or third in it, and it was out of like a ton of people. It was out of yeah. like fifty or more. People. But he was big at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. And he, he dropped and, a lot of weight. And he came to you and was like, "I want to win this. I want to win this yeah. competition." Oh, yeah. His whole like, goal was like. I need to win. He, he didn't even care what he looked like. He's like, I just want to win this competition. So you just tailored a diet and workout program, like literally just to shred as much yeah, pounds off his body it. as possible. He lost like 50 pounds or more. In how right. long? Um, man, we did it in about two and a half months, I want to say. Yeah, wow. he did it pretty quick. <laughs> that's a, a little, that's a, a little, little ab- faster than well because i remember you told i remember we were talking about you're like joey this i'm i, I'm, uh, I, I as as you're you're paying me for this so i have to tell you um, like, what you're asking me to do it's what you're little, asking me to do is a little, little unhealthy yeah you're, a little, you're moving a little faster yeah but uh but that's what he wanted <laughs> yeah. so you're like all right well we're gonna do this i just have to warn you though yeah. like there's a there's a safer way to do this like, <laughs> i don't care i have to win this competition yeah, yeah. That was funny. Yeah. So, all right. So take me back. We were talking, uh, well, we'll get to X Factor in a little bit, but take mm-hmm. me back to, uh, so you guys said the Hostel Kids, Legacy, and then, and then, um, and then so. No, what, so Hostel Kids, Iron Man, and then Legacy. Yes. But then, then you got on Excessive with us. And then Excessive the following year. So after, um, you know, like I was saying with Legacy, raw talent didn't do well at all. Um, yeah. And, and the lesson to be learned is get a leader, kids. Yeah. If you don't have a leader, you need to find one, even if it's one of you guys. But somebody has to be the leader. I remember when we were on Excessive, and we had all these like yeah. super charismatic, dominant A type personalities. But we had to choose. You know, we were sitting there. We we're like, well, we can't keep the. You can't have a democracy on a pirate ship. There's yeah. got to be a captain. And so we made Rich. And Rich was like, I don't necessarily want to do it because I'm going to be the asshole. And but you you have to have the asshole. Yeah. If you don't have the asshole, it's not going to work. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like running a business. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, so I had that year with Legacy. And then at the end of the year, um, basically the whole team was breaking up. Everyone was going to part ways. And Rusty Glaze, I was I was uh, friends with, he asked me to come try out for Excessive. And the tryout was actually, it was up in the valley, um, kind of by my parents' house. Acton? Yeah. I think I remember that. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Um, so I came out. Were you out when Jason Edwards came out? Same time when it was snowing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I remember that. So I came out. You played really good. Yeah, I came. We out loved and you. Tried out, and um, I had a good tryout, and made the team, and then um, 
That's when we became teammates. Yep. <laughs> and I remember we were sitting there, and t- literally to this day, uh, I, I, don't, I can't remember if I've told you this before, but so Scotty Camp comes up, tries out for the team, makes the team. We drive up. We pick you up at your parents' house. Yep. We drive all the way up to Modesto to Rich stay Telford. At Rich's house. Stay at Rich Telford's house, which is where, whether I was on the Ironman or for years, I stayed at Rich Telford's house. Uh, we sat around playing Yahtzee, yep. and this dude over here was just <laughs> killing it with the dice. So it's still to this day, you're still Yahtzee yeah, on my phone. that's funny. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you call, it's like, Yahtzee. Eight years ago. <laughs> Eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but you came on, and you played great for us, man. You, uh, you know, you played that one snake, yeah. but then you blew your ACL out. Yeah. At, the at World Cup. At event. Huh. And won my first pro event. We won Chicago, mm-hmm. and that was my very first pro victory, and that was awesome. Um, and we had, yeah, we had a great year. We had a great roster of guys. Oh man, that, that yeah. team was stacked. And we were playing both the seven man and the X ball, um, and we had two seven man teams, so that was cool. You know, we we're getting a lot of play out there. And then, um, yeah, at World Cup, I. Um, I tore my ACL out completely, and it was our very first match against Naughty Dogs, and I remember it all, uh, crystal clear, because you know you don't forget stuff like that. What do you well, what do you remember from that? And I and this is again, this is one of the reasons I want to have you on here, because you know life is about fighting through adversity, yeah. and uh, and the fact that you have been able to now, you know, because you weren't, you know, you were a regular dude as far as fitness was concerned back yeah. then. You weren't even really doing fitness, like you work out a little bit, but. But uh, but I remember when you know when we carried you off the field because uh, yeah. I and I remember watching um, we'd come off a point you went out and played and I remember watching you make a big move down the snake and you like yeah. jumped over the snake and landed no wrong. no so was it something I, like I didn't it was jump just... over but yeah it was heading down the snake so what happened was I was in the snake corner and the fifty snake was hot we were playing against the naughty dogs mm-hmm. um and I ran on the inside and I'm taking off from the corner. To the 50 yard line. So you're going fast. So I'm going full speed. Full speed. Um, you know, full speed sprinting. And I'm wearing soccer cleats. You know, it's World Cup, so the grass is nice and yeah, flush. Yeah, grass was nice. And as I'm this getting, is, and this was in it when it was at the, uh, um, was at Disney. Disney World. Yeah, yeah. And as I'm getting up to the snake, um, I planted my. As I get, I'm getting up to the snake, I planted my uh, right knee or my right foot into the ground, but I locked my knee and I remember twisting my upper body because I started to pass um, the guy in the snake because I'm just moving too fast and I'm like, oh man, like I'm starting to rotate my upper body to shoot the guy. But because I planted my foot in the ground and I locked my knee out and I did that twist, it just snapped my knee and I just tumbled and I, I just, my gun flew out of my hand. Did you feel it snap? I felt it snap. Because I remember asking you in the, because I remember like, so we carried you off, you got in and you took it like a trooper, dude. You weren't screaming, nothing. You were just, but I remember asking, I remember asking you like, well, what did you feel? And you're like, I felt a pop. Yeah. I felt a pop right away and I just, it just gave out. It it just crumpled you. And I just gave out and I fell to the ground right there. Um, My goggles flew off my face um, and I I just laid there. They called the game uh, or no, they, they put the game on hold. Um, until they can carry me off. And I just, I remember I was just devastated and I had tears coming down, not because of the pain, but because I knew it was serious and this was going to set me back. Mm-hmm. And that was the worst feeling of just, this is the world cup. And I just put myself out. In and you're really young and, too at the time. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, I was 20, 
and um, 20 coming up on 21. And I just knew I was done. And everyone's like, are you sure? Maybe, you know, it's maybe it's sprained. Maybe it can come back on Sunday. And I'm like, no, this is bad. I can feel it's bad. Um, And it starts swelling up pretty bad, too. Yeah. And um, yeah, got x-rays, got MRI, and it was a complete tear in the ACL. Um, No way around it but surgery. And so I got the surgery done as soon as possible in the off season, which luckily in in that was the last event. It was the last event. So I did have the off season to recover. Did they put the cadaver in cadaver? Yeah. Yeah. So I had the option of taking um, part of my hamstring or doing a cadaver. And I went with the cadaver, um, which is, you know, a donor ligament. And there is a chance of rejection, but it's very rare with ligaments because it's not a complex organ like you know heart transplant or liver transplant yeah um and it has a faster recovery rate because if you take part of your hamstring now you weaken your hamstring Mm -hmm. so i went with that it healed up fine um and i i got back on the field a little faster than i should have well you were really young it's it's a little easier to come back from those things and and honestly it was my number one goal um i was still living at my parents house i was in college um and all i cared about was rehabbing my knee (laughs) And I was just going through everything I could to try to get it back to 100% so I can get back on the field and start playing again. So how long did it take you to get back? I started playing about four months, and they told me I should wait about six to eight. Wow. That's pretty impressive. And it it, it hurt. It was, you know, it was swelling up. I was having to ice it a lot. It was... Um, to be honest, it wasn't 100% until about two years after the surgery. Two years? Oh, yeah. Wow. That's crazy, dude. With constant swelling and then, you know, feeling, you know, pain in it as well. And then, you know, clicking and just. I but mean, you haven't had any problems since then? No. After two years, it was finally at the point where I don't even think about it anymore. Really? And it, yeah, it doesn't So swell. now it's 100% all the time? Oh, yeah. Now it's completely, yeah. It's, it's stronger than the other one. And the doctor even say, like, after you do that cadaver surgery, it, the chances of tearing that um, over the other one, like, you're going to tear your other knee before you tear this one. Really? So it's yeah. like a bone almost then. Is that because of the it's tissue strict. that it builds up around it during the... A, no, it's because they use a stronger ligament. Oh, really? To replace it. So, so they, they don't literally, do a cadaver so, of an ACL. So they, like, they cyborg your knee up by putting an insane like just crazy like gnarly ligament in what ligament do they well, use they take a hamstring cadaver but it's it's stronger than the ACL cadaver. so they put a a, ham, a cadaver's hamstring ligament on your knee so you have a hamstring ligament in your knee yeah. now oh that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> but yeah going through all that and then obviously the impact of playing paintball and you're constantly diving and sliding and being cr- crouched down yeah kneeling so on your knee constantly that, getting as up I'm yeah, trying all the time. to rehab my knee definitely slows down the healing process um but yeah i mean now i can honestly say i I don't even think about it it's been a while and it feels great but yeah marcelo went through the same thing twice twice, and uh he knows what it's like yeah (laughs) it sucks that's one of those crazy stories i mean that that's happened a decent amount to dudes uh i mean it's weird because you know paintball is a very safe thing but when you're constantly playing Uh, every weekend uh, I mean, you know, the average show player probably plays, I would say about, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, but out of 52 weeks, I think you're probably playing paintball, maybe a good 40 oh, weeks easily. a year, easily yeah, 40 easily. weeks a year. 
maybe even a little bit more depending on some guys. Oh, yeah. And then count in, you know, three-day practices or, you know, the, the Thursday or some guys that do week-long practices. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's it, – it's just a ton of wear and tear on your shoulder joints and on your knees particularly. Everything. Elbows, yeah. Yeah, elbows. <laughs> I've just seen so many back. guys blow shoulders out. Yeah, lots of guys with back issues, yeah. um, knees, uh, ankles sometimes yeah. too. You know, guys are always fighting through that sort of stuff. Absolutely. But I mean, but, but when that, I mean, did you have like a come to Jesus moment when, when you literally like when, so when you blew your knee out and you had to go through that whole thing, was there kind of like, okay, like my time's limited. I need to take advantage of this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, I was just, you know, so focused on trying to you know, get it back to a hundred percent worried if it'll ever be a hundred percent. Um, you know, worrying if I'll be able to play again, if I'll be the same at the time I was a snake player, you know, I'm, I'm the fast guy on the field. I, I run the far spot and try to do damage. So it's like to take an injury like that, it's really, you know, if that happened to a back player, he wouldn't really be as worried. I don't think, you know, but I'm thinking, am I going to be able to play my spot again? You yeah. Know? Am I going to have to turn into a back guy? Which yeah. you never did, yeah. you know, you never had to worry about so. that. So, all right, so take me from, all right, so that's excessive, blow your knee out, then you played on excessive for a little bit, and then the team excessive had to go through a huge yeah. rebuild again, <laughs> and then you got back on the Ironman again. Yes, so after, yeah, I mean, my career kind of, it's, it's funny because for the first, you know, three years, I'm on a different team. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it wasn't. It wasn't really, it wasn't me jumping around. It was just the teams breaking up and just rebuilding or whatnot. So <laughs> that was just kind of the, the cards that I was dealt. But I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I learned a lot from every team that I went on. Um, from getting our asses kicked on Legacy to, you know, being on the Ironman to, you know, winning my first event with Excessive. And then after that year with Excessive, um, we actually went to Aftermath. Yeah, that's right. You did play in Aftermath for a little bit. So, and that and Aftermath was really good then. Yeah. And um what what year was that? 07 now. We're at 07. And um yeah, they had a really good team. They were playing uh, semi-pro at the time. Um Bobby Avila's who is my good buddy, um who, you know, we grew up playing with the Hostel kids together and he kind of he was also on Legacy. He was also on the Ironman. Um, Bobby Avila's was on Aftermath. And, and now plays for Infamous and yeah, is a great now player. Yeah, Infamous, still playing. And, you know, he was he was contacting me. Hey, get on Aftermath. You know, we have such a good team. Um, raw talent, you know, great leadership. Everything's, you know, going well. We're going to play this year of semi-pro. Then we're going to hop up to the pro division the next year. Um, they're already dominating the semi-pro division. Um, and they have a great team. So, um I, you know, it was a no brainer. I, I was coming back from an injury and I'm in my mind, I'm like, am I even going to be able to play? You know, I'm talking to him and who Mike came in, who runs the team and he was telling me, yeah, um, you got a spot on the team, you know, take as long as you need until you're ready to play. And then, um, and then you're on the field. So I, I sat out the first event, which was LA open. And then I got on. I played the second event, but I was 65% playing back center, not playing that many points. Um, 
I wasn't ready. And was that tough for you? Because at the same time, you know, this is a situation where you're the front, you're the one in the front, yeah, in the yeah. snake. Uh, so yeah, you come back, you're playing the back center, you're not ready, you're 65%. Yeah. It's kind of sucks for you because right. now you can't do what you're time, used to doing physically. Right. But at the same time, we're playing divisional and we're winning every match. So it kind of, it was just like, it, I mean, it, it was in our favor, you know, we, we rarely lost matches. So it, it was kind of it, it was kind of easy to be honest. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were dominating out there. So, I mean, I was wearing a knee brace and I wasn't that mobile, but we still were doing good and then by the end of the year, you know, the brace came off and then I I was a little I moved in the mid spot and I was backing up Kenny um on the snake side. And and yeah, we I mean, we had a good year. All right, so then take me from there. Aftermath, and then de- and and that's now, when you got back on the Ironman. And then um, Brandon Short was like, hey, come back to the Ironman, because he now went to the Ironman um, after Legacy. So when I joined, and, excessive. And he was dominating on the Ironman when he first got on, because yes. they won in 2007 and 8 or 8 or 9. They won back-to-back world titles. Yeah. So when I, me and Brandon Short were both on Legacy together. We were both on Ironman, then we were both on Legacy, and then when I joined Excessive, he joined Ironman. He went back to Ironman. Um, so I had my year with uh, with Excessive, and then I had my year with Aftermath, and then he was telling me, "Hey, you know, get on get on Ironman. Like we have a killer team." Um, so talk to Billy Wing. Talked to the guys on the team, Nikki Cuba, everyone wanted me, so I jumped on the Ironman, and then I had a I had a ride with them for about five years, and then that ended badly. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean I I just think that it's a it's kind of an interesting point because again, you know, a lot of guys out there have different types of experience with different teams. You had a good ride with the Ironman, yeah. But towards the end of your time with the Ironman is when you were very much getting into fitness. Yeah. You know, that's when you were, you were building your body up. You were starting to try to think like, this is something that I want to do as a profession maybe. And that was kind of taking away from your ability to train and do what you wanted to do on the paintball side of things too. Cause you wanted to have it all, you know, mm-hmm. you wanted to do the fitness thing. You want to do the paintball thing. And, uh, and, and that, in retrospect now has definitely paid dividends for you because mm-hmm. you are a fitness professional. That's what you do for a living. And, but you know, also it was kind of tough to kind of ride both lines, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. How did, you know, four or five years with them and, um, we had a killer team and it, it went through a couple rosters, you know, and, and me and Brandon short, Mike Paxson were like the last three standing towards the end there. And, um, and yeah, I was I was going through college at the time, graduated while I was still on the team, um, going through my fitness career, building that, and had a lot on my plate, you know, in every aspect, really. Um, and in that last year that I was on the Ironman, um, you know, things just turned around. You know, we had uh, we picked up Skinny Kevin as a coach. Um, great coach and it just you know from the start of the season things were just went south for me um you know the very first event had to miss the event for a wedding that i was in you know the second event um i missed the practice um due to a fitness competition that i was competing in and in consequence skinny sat me for that event for phoenix um i still came out and i supported and i filled pods and I sideline coached and I, and I showed my support 
and loyalty to the team. Um, third event, got some reps in, and then the fourth event, because there was only four at the time, yeah, um, which was World Cup, going into that event. Um, you know, we're out there at the, at the world cup a week early, um, we're practicing damage and, um, you know, skinny pulls me aside and tells me, you know, we came out with 11 guys, only 10 can be on the roster. Um, you're going to be the 11th and you're sitting and really caught me off guard. Um, I, you know, I, I felt like I was getting picked on all year long, but I still felt like I was playing good, but you know, he, he, he basically said, um, Lopez is going to be our snake guy and we need another snake guy and you're not our snake guy. So it's nothing against your play, but that's just what it is. And I was, I was, you know, I was devastated. I was like, you know, I'm, I've been on this team, you know, third to longest out of anybody on this team right behind short and Paxson. Um, everybody else is a new face. I've, you know, grinded out all these practices. I show my loyalty to the team. And, um, you know, and now I'm t told I'm going to be benched and I'm out there a week early and I'm thinking, all right, one of two things is going to happen. I'm either going to go home right now or I'm going to jump on another team and I'm, I'm, I'm done with the Ironman. Yeah. So you jumped on infamous at the time. So I talked to Bobby Avila's and at the time he said, Hey, well, Brad's hurt. Brad McCurley's injured. He's not playing. We got a spot. Um, we could use you. And literally that night. Um, the infamous guys came and picked me up and I moved out of the Ironman house and into the infamous house. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. <laughs> Had a couple of days of practice with them cause we were still out there early and got some reps in with them at the world cup. Yeah. At central Florida paintball. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, but mentally that's gotta be kind of tough because it, you probably are in your head. You're like, well, I feel like I've been playing. Okay. I feel like I'm getting bad shake, but at the same time you're probably like, well, I mean, I, I understand where Skinny's coming from, but this sucks. But then, maybe, oh, you know, and then at the same time, you're like, you know, it's just all those things yeah. that run through your head when you're in a situation it is. like it's that. It's discouraging. And it's like, and he told me, you know, like, oh, I feel like, you know, your your heart's not there in the game anymore. And it's like, I felt like, I felt like it was, and I felt like I was putting in, you know, max effort, but it just wasn't showing to him or maybe wasn't showing to a lot of the guys on the team. Um, so, yeah, it, it got discouraging. And, you know, but I felt like I did everything I could do. So, so, you know, you went to infamous, uh, and then at the end of the year after world cup, right. You kind of had a decision to make. Yeah. And what was that decision in your head going on at that time? So as we left the world cup, Todd Martinez, who was running the team, he basically, because the rosters were locked at 10 and there was talk about them opening up to 12, but nobody knew for sure or not. Brad McCurley was injured and I was playing for him. Um, so basically Todd said, you know, we're going to wait and see if the rosters open up. Um, and if they do, everybody would love to have you on the team and you're on the team. Um, we're not going to obviously cut Brad like he's, you know, he's on the team and none of the other guys are going to get cut. And obviously I don't expect them to do that. Yeah. Everybody's got a solid spot on that team. Um, love all the guys on that team. Great team, great talent. And, you know, I was sitting, waiting, you know, all right, let's see if anything releases. Month goes by, two months go by. Um, it's coming up. Season's about to start. No word yet. Um, I get a I get a text message from Ryan Brand, coach of X Factor. 
what's it going to take to get Scott Kemp on X Factor? And had you been buddies with Ryan Brand before? Or? I'm friends with all of them. Um, I mean, we don't talk on that often of a basis, but but yeah. they're the, they're super fun guys. Yeah, everyone everyone knows the X Factor guys. Everyone loves the X Factor guys. Yeah, you know they're they're a beloved team um, out there. And just as I'm I'm good friends with the infamous guys and close with them, I could say the same about X Factor before I joined the team. Um, you know, a bunch of guys that live in different states, but I'm super close with them. I see them all the events. And, you know, we always have a great time together. So when he approached me, you know, we got on the phone, we talked. Their situation with the roster was uh, they had, you know, about seven, eight guys. They need to fill spots. And they came at me as, hey, we need you as a leader. You know, we want you to come on this team as a leader and a role model. Um, You have a World Cup win under your belt. You have... You have um, other pro wins under your belt. You have more years under your belt of pro experience than a lot of the guys, and that's what we need. We need another guy like that on the team. Um, So here I am. I'm thinking, okay, I can go to X Factor, where they're coming to me and they're saying, hey, we want you on the team, and you're going to come in as a leader and have a starting spot right away. Or I can wait and see if the rosters open up to 12 and be that 11th guy on infamous. It's kind of a no brainer. (laughs) So I got on, but you still had to go down and prove yourself. Yeah, X factor. Exactly. Um, which is totally understandable. Yeah. And they wanted me to come down and prove myself and which I, you know, obviously said, I have no problem doing that. Talk to Alex Martinez. And it's, it's, you can see it. Like if you're out there listening, you can go and watch last season of the roster. This season is is Chicago aftershock, but the whole story of this is plays out, which is one I thought one of the more dramatic elements, one of the more interesting elements, just knowing your story and what, because a lot of people don't know the story you just talked about. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know what you had to go through. And how it ended with the Ironman, and then you were on Infamous, and then that whole very difficult kind of, okay, well, what the hell am I going to do here? That's not, because, you know, when you're doing a documentary, you don't have, it's not a novel, you don't have a ton of Mm -hmm. pages to deal with. You have to get in and get out with the story. So, but that full story, I think, is like a lot more interesting. And it it was really cool that you found a home because of what happened with X Factor last year. You guys ended up winning the World Cup. You know, it's it's a really cool, it's a it's an amazing success story, I think, because you know you were literally on the ropes of, you know, kind of ending one ending one chapter of your life and one chapter of your paintball career with the Ironman, which was, I mean, you were on the Ironman for what five years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. five years. So and then and then going to X Factor, and then having to fight through mediocre performances for your talent level, and then complete redemption. Yeah. At World Cup. Yeah, and. To rewind a little bit, getting on to X Factor, it just, um, it turned my mentality around right away because I was like, okay, now I'm on this team with a great group of guys. You know, everybody's gelling really well. Um, And Alex tells me, you know, I want you to come in, Alex and Ryan, I want you to step in and be a leader right away. All right. So, you know, tell guys, you know, give them input, be a leader, you know, and you're, you're going to be, uh, we need a front Dorito player. So you're going to be that attack on the Dorito side. And so right away, which is interesting because you've been playing most of your career on the snake side. Yeah. And, and going in and coming onto the team, I said, where do you want me? I'll, I'll adapt and I'll get good at it. Yeah. And so tell me what you need. So that was it. And, um, I 
I've been playing Dorito side since with them as that front guy. And, and it sparked a fire, you know, because, because of the, um, how discouraged I was leaving Ironman coming on to X factor, you know, it, it sparked that fire inside. And I just had that much more to prove to myself and to other people. So, well, you did it, man, because <laughs> you had a really, you had a really good world cup. Uh, you were one of the best players on the team in the world cup. You were stunting over there on that D side and were a big factor in the win. No pun intended. Um, and then heading into this year, you guys have been getting slow starts, some penalties. It's been kind of a rough go at it. And now you guys are in the challengers division. So where is your head at heading into the, into the West coast open? This is a really big tournament for you guys, because when you look at it, uh, you know, obviously there's a, a lot of hungry teams down in the challengers division yeah. and there's three huge teams down there in Chicago aftershock, uh, you guys and infamous yeah. and at best case, best case, only two of your, of these big, huge legendary franchises are going to be going to play a world cup in the cha champions division. To, yeah. And you know, so this is a really big tournament for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, the challengers is going to be tough to, two great teams and i'm sure there's other great talent down there as well and it was tough because the last event you guys went two and two yeah and it, you, you it's not like you sucked you went two and two heading in and then but just the way the points laid yeah. out because that's how hard I mean, it is we now were, after we were done two and two um we we're watching the uh damage and dynasty game and basically we needed dynasty to beat damage we would have been in the top four they lose and we play relegation so it's like <laughs> There was no in between. Ball was, kicks. We're top four <laughs> or we're playing relegation. Oh, so it's a ball they, kick. Dynasty bro. lost that match and it put us in a relegation match. So, yeah. So, but uh, talking to the guys on the team, how is everyone feeling about this upcoming Right tournament? after we lost, you know, Alex grabbed everybody in the parking lot and we gathered around and said, hey, you know, let's get one thing clear. Our goal is to win World Cup again, it's all we can do. The best we can do is win World Cup. We're not going to win the series. Um, all we can do is win World Cup. And our mentality of going in when we won World Cup last year was one step at a time. So it's the same thing. One step at a time. We have to win um, or at least get the top two at West Coast Open to get out, to get back in the champions for World Cup. And then we have to win World Cup. And then we will end this year on a good note. That's tough, man. One step at a time. One step at a time. <laughs> One step at a time. Uh, have you looked at your bracket for West Coast Open? Yeah, um, I don't. And and how do you feel about the field? That D side's got your name on it, bro. Well, I haven't, I haven't played the field yet because last weekend I was at um, Johnny Perchek's wedding. Former Dynasty player, also played on the Ironman for a little bit yep. when I was on the Ironman. Yep. Um, so I was at his wedding last week, so I missed practice. Um, so I haven't. I haven't played it yet. I just got to see it. I just got to see it on the online, but, um, you know, I, and talking with the guys cause they all, we had practice X factor did practice last week. Um, they had a good practice and they liked the field. So, um, our talking about our brackets, I know that shock and infamous are in the other bracket. So that means that we make it out of our bracket. We have to play, most likely one of them too in a very important match in order to 
get out of the dude the relegation Chargers. matches i always enjoy watching the relegation matches because there's so much at stake and it's a very dramatic element in the paintball world uh-huh. on sunday morning in the psp uh but this particular one is is very weighted mm-hmm. v- a lot of weight is is i mean if you you know and, and again a special shout out to all the people that support us we you know, every dollar that that you commit to the the webcast goes directly in a production budget so we can try to do the best we can to you know, take the sport to another level. And one of the things I think is so interesting to watch is those relegation. I'm not, not just the relegation, but also now it's the relegation matches for sure. But also now, particularly because of the three teams that are down there and all the other hungry teams that want to move up those semifinal matches in the, the challengers division, because that those games decide who moves into the champions division. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, I, I can't wait to. I really can't wait to see that. But I, I don't want to dwell too much on it. I wish you the best of luck. I know <laughs> it's a, it's just a tough, tough thing yeah. to deal with for sure. But but that's paintball, man. At it its highest level right now, there is no 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 quarter is given, none is yeah. asked, and that is just the way it goes. Yeah, you know, I was looking at it the other day, and only two teams have never played a relegation match: Dynasty and Impact. Impact. Yep. Every team has played a relegation match. Yeah. And all but four have been relegated. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, just think about this year alone, you know, I mean, think, think about the teams that first of all, you have like a look at a team like Houston heat or Moscow red Legion or the three teams that are down there now. Yeah. I mean, there's, but that, but that's how pro paint, that's how good pro paintball is in the PSP now. And that's why it's so fascinating for me, you know, cause people are like, Oh dude, you know, you have to watch 36 games in a weekend and talk for 10 hours a day. How do you keep, you know, your mind interested. Well, I'm like, well, one, I, this is what I did forever. So it's incredibly important to me that the story gets told Two, as every day is such a fascinating story that plays out game by game by game. Like as you watch it play out slowly, but surely you see how it develops and it's very interesting to watch. Yeah. So I'm the West Coast Open, which used to be kind of one of those, oh, it's just a warm up for World Cup. Nothing's really on the line. Yeah, of course, there's a win and some money on the line, as always. But that being said, it wasn't it didn't carry the weight that previous tournaments did. There's a lot of weight carried at this tournament now. man. I mean, because if one of those big three teams is not going to be playing in the champions division for World Cup, and, also and then uh, and then some teams, teams are going to go down. Yeah, and some know? teams so. are going to get relegated. So who's it going to be? You know, yeah. it's it's going to be crazy. But so so yeah, I mean, it's a, it, you got a, a great story uh, on your way through the ranks, um, and and the, the fitness journey itself has also been kind of cool. You know, because I've known you since you were that you know quote unquote husky kid yeah. <laughs> coming we'll, up. We'll call it husky. We'll call it husky, you know, com- coming up, moving from husky all the way to winning Mr. Itan. Yo, we okay. seriously, we went and watched Scotty win Mr. Itan last year. And that was the most homer, homoerotic thing you've, that I, any friend has ever <laughs> made me go and watch. It was but, like winning world cup, it, but we were proud of you that you did win Mr. Itan. Yeah. So there's a, I mean, I don't know if you guys in your city have a, uh, you know, the, the tanning, beds and all that sort of stuff but scott scotty won mr itan last year so all year long he's been so, on like you're the like model for this he's, company he's literally been the spokesmodel for the company blasted on posters and stuff yeah with some yeah. other hot babe yeah. all tanned out and just looking great and there's scotty no shirt you know <laughs> smart shit eating grin <laughs> yeah. 
but uh but that's kind of been cool right you yeah know? it's cool it's fun but you have to give up your crown pretty soon yeah yeah i gotta hand it over at the end of this month. you can't like re- like get in again nope, and we can just run for it twice bring a tribe down and to help you out again or no I wish. no yeah. <laughs> uh no but that's that's awesome and you got a book out now roadmap yeah. to getting shredded so talk to me a little about that and then one of the things i wanted to because there's probably a lot of guys out there that are thinking like okay you know what whatever dude i'll commit what do i need to do you know so but let's so let's talk about the book real quick because in the fitness world it seems to be a science you know it is a little bit of art to it because every body type's different you have the three different body types mm-hmm. but at the same time um there is a very specific way you need to go about diet and exercise in order to achieve the physique that you want right yeah absolutely so that's why it's called the roadmap to getting shredded because it's it's basically a roadmap to your goal to lose weight lose body fat um build lean muscle and it gives you different courses to take based on your age your weight your gender your body type um and all those different variables and there's quests along the way yeah um and the just main like any, thing any about the book any is trip it's um you know we try to be as informative as possible so to really educate the reader so they understand not just what to do but why how it works how the different macronutrients is you know the protein carbs and fats work in the body um how the timing of the meals work um how the, the training works and and all that to really you know educate people because there is so much free information out there on the internet that you get lost and you're like, okay, there, it, this is information overload. I've just read this article that contradicts this article and now I don't know what the hell to believe. And that's that's what sucks about the fitness industry and the supplement industry is just that there's so much stuff there's out there. There's just a ton of bullshit out there. You get lost. So, you know, over over the course of my, um, of my fitness career, I've, um, you know, gathered information and I decided to write a book and just released it um, a few months ago. And yeah, it's avail- available on my website, scottkempfitness.com. Um, and the book is out right now for $14.99. It's 137 pages, covers nutrition, supplements, um, training. Um, workout plans. Yeah, workout plans, cardio plans, weight training plans, everything. Um, and, the, and, you know, great for guys, girls. Um, all ages and stuff. Do you have any like pet peeves as a trainer that anger you <laughs> when you're out there? Oh yeah. Like girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just waiting for this. Go ahead. I don't want to build muscle. I build muscle so easy. I get bulky. If I lift weights, I get bulky. No, you don't. Let's make one thing clear. No, you don't. Okay. Because how do you deal with that when men, you have, when you're some a girls paying a woman's paying oh, you yeah. money, right? Like, yeah. You know, they're paying you money and uh, like, you how do you explain bro- to them? And then when they actually do start getting the results they want from weight training and eating properly, then they realize, wow, you're right. It was the cupcakes that were making me big, not the weights. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, or the men, four, four glasses of wine, five nights a week, throwing heavy weights around all day, every day in the gym, trying to put on just a pound of muscle. And here you, you girls just gain 10 pounds of muscle in a week from just lifting a couple <laughs> dumbbells. I'm sure that's, that's muscle you gained, right? So, <laughs> but no, uh, that's the thing, you know, educating people. And so they really understand, you know, the purpose of just not going through the motions. Cause how many people in the gym go every day, 
go through the same routine, been going for 10, 15 years, and they have the same physique, right? And they're just spinning their wheels. So they're not making any progress. That's the thing. If you're, if you're on a nutrition plan and you are on a workout plan, you should be seeing progress. So a lot of people are just a lot of majority of people. Well, how long does it take to see progress? Because I mean, like a lot of people are like, Oh dude, I've been doing this for a month or I mean, what do you tell your clients? Like how long does it take to actually like, let's say you want to get in cardio shape. How long does that take? Well, the standard is, I mean, if you're looking to put on muscle, it's always slower. It's about four times slower to put on lean muscle than it is to lose body fat. So when you see big transformations, of so you can get slimmer weight, quick, oh, but yeah. to put the muscle on is going to take it's some a time. lot slower process. But the standard is, um, if you, you can put on about two pounds of quality muscle a month, if you're doing everything right, really? um, which sounds like not a lot and it's not, but I mean, you know, if you're doing everything right and this is, you know, your body is working properly and you're getting enough rest training properly, um, eating properly two pounds. So if you, you see the scale go up two pounds of just lean muscle, then you're right, right on track. But is the scale even when you want to go off? Cause I read that you want no, to go off the mirror, because, right? Yeah. Because you know, cause like what's the scale even weight, mean? Yeah. You can gain fat, you can, you know, there's so many different variables. Um, and then to look at the, the opposite end. So if you're losing fat, um, a standard basis to go off of is you can lose about two pounds of fat a week. So if you're crash dieting and killing yourself with cardio and you lost 10 pounds in a week, you didn't lose 10 pounds of fat. You lost water weight, muscle, fat. Um, so basically that's two. And you're, you're looking at an you know, average age, healthy male, female. Um, that's about it. So, yeah. Do most people come to you for to straight lose weight or to get fit or like what is their goal? Am, is it does it tons of different it stuff? Is, yeah, it, it all varies. Um, I have, you know, I have older clients who I train on. Um, they strictly want to just keep their health um, and and just get their you know their heart rate up and. Because I keep and, trying to tell my dad all the time, shit, who's who's sixty six now, yeah. and I'm like, hey, just lift the weight every now and then, man. You yeah, know, or even you know go on. A, Get them a stationary bike or, or get them, you know, get in the gym and ride the stationary bike. Get your heart rate going, you know, because if yeah. you're not getting that heart ele- rate elevated, you know. Well, he plays a lot of tennis and oh, and, and he does that sort yeah. of stuff. But I've, I also read, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that you hit a certain age as a male, your testosterone level drops and it's oh, yeah. hard for you to keep any sort of muscle. And then, and then after a certain Once age, it starts to drop. 30, your testosterone starts to drop and it's just going to keep dropping. That's interesting. So you tailor everything to age, weight, your current physical activity, kind of all the different metrics and their goals. Yeah. Especially, um, their goals. Um, I have clients who I train for performance, you know, for sports. Um, I, I, cause you train like Kat Secor for a while when she was training yeah, for a competition. That I train for, for competition. So I train Kat Secor, um, for, you know, a fitness show. I have also other females and male clients that I train for a fitness show. Um, I have clients that, you know, they, they are, you know, 50 pounds overweight and they need to lose weight. I have clients that are just super skinny and they want to put on muscle. Um, so it, yeah, it all varies depending on their goal and their current state, um, what we're going to do. But as far as the book goes, it, it is all based on getting lean, lean muscle, losing body fat. Um, and that's basically 
the major and just general because I read it. It's like and, gen, and general, general and, and a much yeah. of just general information you need to know to cut through the bullshit. Exactly. Which is so important these days. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so if people, okay, so let's just break it down. If, if, if people want you to teach a paintball clinic, what do they need to do? If they want me to teach a paintball clinic, pay a paintball clinic. I'm trying to get you your, your plugs right now. Oh, so well, they can contact me. Um, just email me at Scott Kemp fitness at gmail.com. So, and, but that same thing, if you want, cause you do a lot of online training, right? Right. And they they, contact cause you do like personal training is in person, but you also do a lot of online, online stuff as well. And then as well as the book. So those are all, um, yeah, the best way to contact me would just be my email, scottkempfitness at gmail.com. But if they want to pick up the book, where do they go for that? So they can get that off my website. That's scottkempfitness.com. Nice. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate you coming in and hanging out with me and uh, and talking about your history. You got a great, again, great success story. Uh, still, you know, you're you're not old. You're only 28, you know. So, I mean, how long do you see yourself playing for? Because um, you've already achieved a lot. I suck. <laughs> to be honest. No. Um, you know, I'm I'm happy with where I'm at right now. I'm happy with the team that I'm on. Because um, in the show you were like, I'd like to retire with the Planet Eclipse roster. And the new season is about uh Aftershock, which is I'm a little biased because I, you know, voice the show, but man, it, yeah. uh, after and Aftershock is just one of my favorite teams, but and it's such a like the dirt rocker so hard like they don't have a, a ton of support you know I mean they have some sponsor but it, it's just a really cool story and then last season was about your guys's team yeah. and that's where your story gets told right. uh, but I just think it's it's a really cool thing yeah but um but yeah so um so yeah man thanks thank you for hanging out with me I yeah, really appreciate lot, it I wish you the best of luck at the at the West Coast Open which is uh, it's uh, August eighth through the tenth so you know. Uh, you know, definitely check it out, man. If you want to see uh, pro paintball players fighting for their lives in uh, in the in the pro competition, this is the one of the best ones to watch because it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Every point is going to be important. Every game is going to be important. You're going to see guys out there giving it. You know, every obviously you, you think everyone's going to give 100 all the time, but you want to talk about guys trying to step up and and really perform. This is the event because if you suck, then you're not playing a World Cup for the championship. Yeah which is, uh, that's, no one wants to be there, you know, so it's, it's going to be crazy. So yeah, paintballaccess.com and, uh, uh, yeah, August 8th through the 10th it's in Riverside. So we'll see some Cali teams and, you know, fourth stop on the tour and then sign your team up early for the, for the world cup, man. That's going to be crazy. Uh, go to PSPEvents.com, Check that out again. Thanks to our sponsors. Uh, of course, Planet Eclipse, uh, factory team, X Factor is a factory team for Planet Eclipse. They sponsor, you know, tons of tournaments, teams and players across the world. Empire Paintball as well too, Die Precision and, uh, and PB Nation. So Scotty, any last words, um, any, any words for anyone coming up, whether, whether it be, you know, you want to get jacked and tan or you want to just stun <laughs> out there and shoot people on the paintball field. I mean, you've done both over yeah. the years. <laughs> what do you think, bro? Honestly? Yeah. Just words of wisdom yeah keep i mean keep practicing if you love the sport you know sky's the limit and just you know a lot a lot of these clinics that um a lot of the pros are putting on myself everybody out there um i feel like they're very helpful and you know it's worth the money to invest and just absorb everything you know before i start out my clinics i always tell everybody you know taking everything like a sponge all these drills that we run you through take these drills home do them with your team. Do them with yourself. We show them drills they can do in their living room. We show them drills they can do at the field by themselves shooting poles. Um, don't just go through the motions of practice ever and you know 
absorb it all and take it all in and learn from everyone, learn from people on your team, learn from the pros that you ever meet. Um, and yeah, you know, sky's the limit. Also another great thing where they can learn information. Um, Grayson Goff on my team, uh, just started bkipaintball.com. Um, it's a subscription based site where he does, um, a lot of tutorials on, you know, field walking, snap shooting, a whole bunch of on field stuff. Uh, he gives you, gives you great, like behind the scenes stuff as well. And everyone loves um, Grayson Goff. Yeah. And I've also been working with him as well on, uh, the fitness side. So I've been doing, uh, write-ups with him for, uh, fitness and nutrition based stuff yeah, well, for paintball. Well, and also, I, I mean, do you have something you want to drop real quick? I mean, what, what if somebody wants to get faster? What would you, let's so say, let's say, let's say, let's, yeah. let's say you have the, okay, it's, I mean, okay. So let's say West coast, West coast right. open ends. Okay. So we have, yeah, let's see. It's, I can't remember exactly when world cup is, but you got about two months. Yeah. You got eight weeks to work with. Okay. What do you do? If your if your goal is speed right now, well, I always tell people, first off, if you're overweight, you got to focus on losing the weight. If you're only even 10 pounds overweight, that's a pod pack and you're carrying two, right? So that's going to slow you down. So focus on losing the excess weight that you don't need. Um, but also the... And wait, and how much weight can you lose a week? You can lose two pounds of quality fat. A week? A week. Wow, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So in eight weeks, you could lose 16 pounds. You could. Okay, so you're going to drop 16 pounds, but then what do they need to do as far as speed drills are concerned? So the easiest thing you can do, and it's very effective, is resistance. Um, and when I say resistance, I'm saying sprints, uphill, parachutes, weighted vest, um, where you're going to make it harder on yourself than it would be with just a flatland sprint. Um, your steady jog around the block is not going to make you faster. It will help you burn calories. It'll help you lose fat, but you will not get any faster. So, you know, find a street where, you know, it's a safe area and not a lot of cars come by and you can do, you know, uphill sprints, um, find a park stairs, maybe stairs, at like, yeah. stairs are great as well. Yeah. Um, so any of that resistance really, um, get invest in a parachute, invest in a weighted vest, um, all of that where, you know, it's adding resistance to your legs is going to build your speed and you know, just start like a breakout, you know, count in your head and just sprint and then walk back, cool down, catch your breath, do it again and go for repetitions until you can't go anymore. Um, how many times you like how long time period or repetitions? What are you thinking? Go for a good, a good base would go do about a 30 to 45 minute session and take rests for as long as you need to until you feel like you can do another one. Um, and I would break them up to about three to four sessions a week um, giving you enough time to recover. And then the main thing too, that I actually just wrote on the last article on BKI paintball was give yourself time to recover before the event. So going into the event, um, you know, Monday through, through Thursday, before you play the event, very light training, if any at all, let your body recover. Cause the last thing you want to do is put in all this hard work and then overtrain right before you come into the event and come in sluggish and slow and your legs are torn down and sore and you put in all this hard work and it just backfired on you. So the, so give yourself time to recover. Um, if the event starts, if your first game's on Friday, make Sunday or Monday, your last day of training and let your body fully recover. And then any sort of diet tips at the event, things guys should be doing to give themselves a little bit of extra energy or things they shouldn't be doing like energy drinks or any of that stuff. Or the what do you main, think? Um, a, a big tip that I would give people is, uh, 
you find a lot of people with a problem of eating uh, too soon before their matches or in between matches. You know, you have you play a match. Um, usually, so you'll have two matches in one day, and so you'll you'll play a match, and then you're off for about an hour to an hour and a half before you jump on your second match, right? Um, you eat something in between, uh, like a solid meal. Your your body's not going to digest that if you only have about an hour or so before you're back on the field. Um, so my number one tip is liquid nutrition, something that'll digest quick. Um, and something that is, you know, high sugar, high protein. So like a, uh, a protein shake of whey protein, which would be the, the type of protein. Um, and you know, back it up with some Gatorade, some simple sugars, um, some sodium, sodium, potassium, replenish your electrolytes. Cause that's what I was going to say for the next events. Probably it's, it's Riverside oh, in August. It's going to be and super stay hot. Hydrated, obviously all day, stay hydrated. But in between your two matches right there, that's a great, that's a great um, snack that you can have. And that's liquid. That's going to be in your system right away. Um, and then you'll actually use that as fuel. Instead of eating something heavy, eat a sandwich or something, and it's just going to sit in your stomach and your body's not even using that as energy. And if anything, you're going to get sick. So wait, eat a sandwich or don't eat a sandwich? Don't eat the sandwich. Don't eat the sandwich. <laughs> don't eat the and hot dogs at the, uh, yeah, at, trailer. At the trailer. It's so delicious, yeah. though. So I love hot dogs. Liquid nutrition when you're in in a short period of time. And then dealing with the heat, do they need to, is that the time to start loading up on Gatorade? Cause a lot, you know, Gatorade's got a lot of sugar in it, which is great if you're doing a lot of active stuff like playing right. paintball. But I mean, any, any advice for guys out there? It's going to be, it's probably going to be 90 degrees out there. Oh, if, yeah, if, if we're lucky, it's gonna be 90 degrees. I mean, the main thing is stay hydrated and make sure you're hydrated days before end, you know, make sure you're, you're getting in uh, plenty of water, you know, two, three days before. So Wednesday, Thursday, oh, keep yeah. super and hydrated. Then, and then throughout the day, as soon as the day starts. And um, I mean, what I always do, I just try to always have a jug of water or bottle of water always full with me. And I'm just constantly drinking water um, at those events. I mean, you're going to sweat so much just walking around. So Awesome. Well, hey, man, again, thank you for uh, for stepping in here. Thank, yeah, thanks again, Matty. No problem, man. Love it. And, uh, you know, yeah, definitely check out Roadmap to Getting Shredded. Where do they get that again? Uh, Scott Kemp fitness.com. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Scotty's a, he's a Greek God, so he'll, he'll definitely, he'll definitely get you shredded. But yeah, man, best of luck at the West coast open. It's going to be a tough road. I know. Um, but love the team and I'm, I've, you know, seeing you your whole career. I wish you the best as things continue forward. So again, thank you guys for tuning into the real deal podcast. I'm Matty Marshall and we will see you guys next time. Peace.